0: you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to open them with me to the book of First Samuel chapter 20. I want you right now to look at a different topic and different verse that um, we don't like to think about, we don't like to talk about, we don't like to really confront and face the subject that I'm going to talk about today, but it's good news. It's really good news. In 1 Samuel chapter 20 and verse 3, Then David took an oath again and said, Your father certainly knows that I have found favor in your eyes. And he has said, Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. That phrase Uh, The last sentence really caught my attention. There is but a step. Really, because of what David was going through, King Saul was trying to kill him. He was talking to Jonathan, King Saul's son, and he was expressing how afraid he was in the previous verses, how tormented he was by Saul trying to take his life. And he concluded by saying, David, a young man, said, i feel like i'm a step away from death there's just a step life is so brief so fragile at this season in my life david says i realize i could be here one moment and gone the next there is but a it's a profound thought it's something we should always be aware of that you're one step away from death that you could be here alive and well this morning And one step away, you can be gone and you will stand before the Lord. One out of one dies. The only way that you get to heaven is through death. We're going to face death. There's not a person here who couldn't be in a casket tonight. I want to say it that plain, I want to say it that blunt, because we don't like to think about it. We don't like to even imagine, especially young people and middle-aged people, even older people. But the truth is, you're just one step away from death. Death can come suddenly. Death can come instantly, unexpectedly. Are you ready? Are you ready to die? Are you ready to face God? All men die. Hebrews 9 and verse 27 It is appointed unto man once to die and after death, the judgment. You're going to answer to God for the life that you live. Kings die. Queens die. Rich men die. Poor men die. Young people die. Old people die. The wealthy, the poor, the scholar, the illiterate, they all die. And then comes the judgment. If you died today, where would you be? If you died today, where would you spend eternity? Church membership will not get you into heaven. There's only two places, heaven or hell. And church membership will not get you into heaven. Crying tears will not get you into heaven. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all unrighteousness. There's no other name whereby we can be saved but the name of Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No other way, no other truth, no other life. Everything else is a deception and a lie. Jesus is the way. Intellect will not save you. Money and wealth will not save you. Power and peers and influence will not save you. Religion will not save you. Only the blood of the cross of Jesus Christ will save you and guarantee you eternal life. There are two facts. Fact number one is you will die. You're only a step away from it at any moment. Why does your heart keep beating one moment and then it stops? It's appointed that at one moment in time my heart will stop, your heart will stop, and then we'll be in eternity. We know that heaven is real for the righteous who have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. What happens when a righteous person dies? That's what I'm preaching on this morning. Jesus said heaven is a place. Jesus said in John 14, I go to prepare, listen, a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus lived in heaven, and then he came down to earth, and he said and testified, I'm telling you, I've been in heaven, I'm now on earth, and I'm promising you that it's there. It's real. It's eternal. It's a place. There is a place, Jesus was saying, it's not a fairy tale. This is Jesus who makes this promise. There is another life beyond this life. There is another place beyond this earth. And it is more glorious and splendid than anything we can even imagine. And Jesus himself said, I have prepared that place for you. And it's real. I've been there and I'm telling you, it's real. It's beyond Its beauty is beyond anything you can imagine. Stephen, the first martyr in the book of Acts, was being stoned to death, and the Scripture says, and being full of the Holy Ghost, Stephen looked into heaven as he was dying, and he saw Jesus standing in heaven at the right hand of the Father. There is a place called heaven, and Jesus is there, and he saw it, And then he died, he closed his eyes, and he went there. He stepped, he took a step from life into death, and he was there at home in heaven with Jesus. The apostle Paul went to heaven. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11 in verse 9, he wrote, Eyes have not seen, and ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for them who love him. Paul was the most brilliant scholar perhaps the world has ever known. His writings were even more masterful than people like Shakespeare. He had the profound ability to put pen and paper and write thoughts and themes and theology that is so brilliant that scholars to this day marvel at the genius of the Apostle Paul to use words like a wordsmith and create ideas and, and, and complex thoughts that relay the love and the, and the greatness of our God. And yet, after he went to heaven and he came back, this same man, when Paul saw the glory and the splendor of heaven, he said, men will not believe what I have seen. And he wrote, the half has not even ever been told. In other words, Paul was saying, let your imagination run wild this morning. I want you to think of the happiest, most gorgeous, most beautiful, most splendid thing you can ever imagine with every comfort and every blessing and everything that you could imagine that would bring happiness and peace and joy. And then Paul adds this little letter, and that's only half. You can only imagine half of what God has prepared for us in a place called heaven. The apostle John saw heaven, and in the book of Revelation, he wrote wrote a traveler's brochure for all of us to let us know what was coming in our future. He said that the city of heaven is New Jerusalem and it's four square. That four square speaks of absolute perfection. Nothing on this earth is perfect. Not even you. Nothing is perfect. You buy a new home and termites eat it up. You buy a new car and go to the mall and come outside and it's got a dent or you scrape the rims which I've never done. But you scrape the rims of that new car and it just breaks your heart. But nothing on earth is perfect. But he said, I saw 12 gates of pearl. I saw streets of pure gold. God uses pavement in in gold he paves the streets in gold and you think you have arrived wait till you see this place called heaven he said there are 12 foundations stock in this 1500 miles square 1500 miles north south east and west and then it's 12 foundations he said the first layer is made of diamonds. The second layer of heaven is made of rubies. The third layer is sapphires. The fourth layer is emeralds. And then he gives nine more layers of precious stones. In the the theater of your mind, I want you to walk with me on those streets of gold and look at those and see those gates of pearl. Look at the names that are written in clusters of diamonds. Look on the doorpost of the mansions there and see the name Matthew in one, Mark, Luke, John, Daniel, Ezekiel, Elijah, Elisha. I have one that I see in my mind. My dad, Billy Franklin's name in diamonds is on one of those mansions. Maybe your mother's there. Maybe your father's there. Maybe your brother, your sister, someone that you have lost, but really you have not lost them because they are in a place called heaven and they await your, your arrival with joy. Heaven is a place of rest. The Bible said that we will sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the text said, and we will be at rest. Heaven is a reunion. I want you to imagine in your mind and see your loved ones waiting just inside the eastern gate. They are there. They are there this morning. They're there and they're happy and they're joyful. They're there and there's not a sick one among them. They're there and there's not a depressed, defeated one among them. They're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and they stand in complete wholeness in the presence of God. With eyes of faith, I want you to look and I want you to listen over the balconies of heaven this morning. You can hear sounds that your mortal ears have never heard, sounds of praise. The orchestra of heaven, according to Revelation, has 144,000 violins that are playing worship. It has 102 million voice choir. Every musical instrument ever made was made to glorify God. And there, the worship, cannot even be imagined. Ears have not heard. The Apostle Paul was referring to the music and the worship that is in heaven. There's going to be a grand reunion around the throne of God one of these days. One of these days, a trumpet is going to sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise. And suddenly graves will explode and those who have been asleep in those coffins, Jesus will come back and in mid-air He will release their spirits. Their spirits are with Him but the bodies are in the grave. And instantly the spirit will fill the body again. And suddenly whether it's ashes or whether it's dust or whatever remains of that body, suddenly it will be filled with life. And suddenly that body will come alive. And Suddenly there will come resurrection power and mausoleums will explode and graves will bust open and coffins will break open and the dead in Christ in brand new glorified bodies will rise and we who are alive and remain will be called up together to meet them in the clouds to be with the Lord and then he concluded by saying comfort one another with these words take these words and know this is not it when you cry at the grave site it's not it when you're in the intensive care unit and you see that hand let go and they're gone it's not it but one day when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that is going to be when we all see Jesus we'll sing and we'll shout the victory Somebody give him praise at every campus like you believe. Heaven is real. Mm. Hallelujah. There's going to be cars all in the ditches and on the highways, and the drivers will be missing. There's going to be airplanes that crash because the pilots are missing. There's going to be dinner tables that are left with the food piping hot, but the occupants of the home, some of them will be left, but some will be taken, and they'll be eating at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Telephone lines and power grids will jam as relatives frantically try to reach their loved ones, what has happened? Where are they? Why can't I find them? But it's too late. They've been caught up and you've been left behind. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, Jesus is coming back again. If this book is a lie, it's a lie anywhere. It's a lie everywhere. He didn't just die, but he rose again. And he said, I make you this promise. This same Jesus in like manner shall come again. It could happen today. And if it doesn't, You're just one step away from death. Where will you spend eternity? We who are alive and remain will be caught up in the twinkling of an eye, the blink of an eye, and it'll be over, and you'll be left behind. Going to a city where the roses never fade. Going to a city where the blind see and the lame walk. Going to a city where there are no more tears and no more death and no more parting. We're going to a city where there will be no, absolutely no negativity whatsoever in that place called heaven. That's the bottom line. No negativity, no death, no depression, no suicide, no addiction, no alcoholism, no pain, no suffering, no tears, no aches, no headaches, no troubles, no negativism whatsoever. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's why it's worth it. That's why we go through life and, yeah, we have burdens, but one of these days we're going to hear him say, come up here. And let me show you what joy is. Let me show you what i prepared for those who have loved me. Everybody take a praise break and act like you believe in a place called heaven. The Bible said that there are mansions there created for God's own righteous children. Created by the architect of the ages. It's almost as if you listen carefully, you can hear the footsteps of the Messiah walking over to the balconies of heaven. And he's whispering to his church in times like these, pray up, look up, pack up. Any day now, don't give up. You're about to go up. You're about to go up. Be ready. Be ready. I'm coming again. Sometimes people ask me, do the people in heaven know anything about us here on earth? And I can tell you biblically, and I can tell you absolutely, the answer is yes. Do you think we have less intelligence in heaven when we know in part on earth, but we know fully all when we get to heaven? And do you think that we will be less intelligent in heaven than we are here on earth? My mother knew when I was doing something in the other room. It was like she had ESP or something. She, could, she knew when something was going on with us boys, she could tell and she would cry out from another room. Even though she couldn't see us and she wasn't with us, she just knew something's not right in that room. They're too quiet. Something's going on. I guess what I'm preaching to you is Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Wherefore, seeing that we are so compassed with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us therefore lay aside every weight that does so easily beset us and run the race with patience that is set before us. The writer Paul said, We are compassed, surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses that God allows to look in. And when you look up, they look down. When you look up, they are looking back from the balconies of heaven. Those who have died in the Lord, He allows them to look down and they can see us. And if they could, if they could speak to us, and they can, and we're told not to commune with the dead, but we are given this great promise. There is a cloud of witnesses in the grandstands of heaven. And every once in a while, God pulls the curtain back, and He allows them to look down on our lives. And suddenly, they are there. there comes cheering from the grandstands of heaven. They begin cheering. They're saying things like, don't give up. They're saying things like, heaven is worth 10,000 worlds. They're saying things like, run. Run. Run! Don't stop now. Don't quit now. Don't fall for that lie. Don't fall for that sin. Lay it aside. Give it up. Let her go. Let him go. Whatever you do, you've got to make it here. It's wonderful. Run, run to win the race. The greatest attraction in heaven is going to be Jesus. Heaven is where Jesus is. And heaven is heaven because of Jesus. We're going to be with Him and we're going to be with them, our loved ones, our family, and the great body of Christ. We shall see Him as He is, the Scripture declares. The Virgin Mary saw Jesus as a little baby. John the Baptist saw Jesus as a candidate for water baptism on the muddy banks of the Jordan River. The disciples saw Jesus as a great rabbi and a great teacher. The inhabitants of the city of Jerusalem that cried crucify Him saw Jesus as a common criminal. But when we see Jesus, we shall see Him as He is. We shall see Him as the King of kings and as the Lord of lords as the Lion of the tribe of Judah, as the living water and as the bread of life. We shall see Him as the bright morning star. We shall see Him as the rock and our fortress, our deliverer and our strong tower. We shall see him as our burden bearer. That's the one that bore my burdens and carried my griefs. That's the one who took my sins away. That's the one who is my great shepherd and my great physician and the great I am. He's heaven's He's heaven's wonder and he's hell's dread. His name is Jesus and he's King of kings and he's Lord of lords. And we shall see him as he is. On that great day, what will you experience when you die as a Christian? I never will forget as long as I live a man who really impacted my life concerning preaching. His name was Bob Gass. Bob Gass used to live in Stone Mountain and then uh, Ackworth is where he landed finally. And he was a friend. And I got to know him. I never dreamed that I would get to know him. He was such a hero to me. I loved his preaching. I loved everything about him, the way he carried himself. And I heard him preach a message one time. and We even brought him to the old, old free chapel, and he preached before he passed away, and it was powerful. But he preached a sermon one time that I heard on cassette tape that really touched my life, one, one saying in particular. He talked about how that he was called to the emergency room, one of his members, was was in a terrible accident. And he went to the emergency room, and there was a young woman in there who was fatally injured and she was dying, and she was screaming, No, 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 I don't want to die. And she was screaming, and it was just horrible, just the screams and agonies of crying. And Bob said that the doctor walked out, and after he told the family that she had passed, he pulled him over to the side and he said these words, for God's sake, pastor, teach your people how to die. You see, there's a way to die. People need to understand not just how to live. We need to teach it not just how to live, but we We need to know how to act when we're facing death and it finally does come and someone near to you or perhaps you and you realize there's a way to die. It can be in terror. It can be in fear. It can be in torment and dread and hopelessness and despair and this is it and it's all over. But if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, I want this morning to teach you how to die. You have to understand what is about to happen is the most glorious thing. Paul put it like this, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Oh, we don't shout over that one. we don't get happy because we're too in love with this world. But if you understood what's on the other side, again, not even a trace of negativism in the next world. God himself will wipe away every tear from their eye and there'll be no sorrow, death, dying, pain, agony. It'll be over. What will happen when a Christian dies? The first thing that you will see is the dazzling lights of squadrons of angels as they fill the room. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of His saints, and that's why He gives such careful attention to it. The word precious doesn't mean common, normal, average, ordinary. Anytime a child of God dies, it has the full eye of God on that moment and on that place because He dispatches His angels according to the book of Luke 16 and 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels. Suddenly even though the people in the room with you may not see it. If you are a righteous believer angels will fill the room and you will feel a peace and a calm overcome you that surpasses all human understanding. You will realize and see in those bright lights around you I am entering into another world. Those angels will speak to you in the most soft and tender voice and they will say, Jesus is awaiting your revi- your arrival. Are you ready to go? And you'll take those angels by the hands and they'll put you in the arms of angels and they will begin to carry you. You'll look down on your cold, lifeless body. You'll look down on those who are weeping, but suddenly a joy will fill your soul as you realize, I'm leaving this world, but where am I going and why am I so excited? You will begin to ascend just like Jesus walked through walls in His glorified body in the upper room when He rose from the dead. You will have a brand new glorified body. And as you are going up, with the angels in their arms. You see, the Bible teaches there are three heavens. The first heaven is the sun, the moon, the stars, what you see on a beautiful night as far as telescopes and and technology can see. That's the first heaven. And then there's the second heaven. That's Satan's throne room. Satan is not in hell. Satan is not in a compartment of hell. He will go to hell and he will be bound with a chain and thrown into hell. And when he reminds you of your past, remind him of his future, at least at least, at least I got a future. You, I, I know I've got a past, but you've got a future too, and I'm going to enjoy seeing you go through what you go through. I don't hate nobody but the devil, but I hate the devil. Oh, one angel's going to chain him up. What a loser Satan is. He couldn't even live right when he was in heaven, but he tries to condemn you because you fall and and stumble down here on earth. But I want to say, well, at least I won't live right when I get to heaven. You couldn't live it in the presence of God, but I'm trying and I'm doing the best I can and by the blood and the grace of God, I'm going to make it. You better shout because I'm preaching to you. Can you imagine the second heaven the Bible calls Satan in Ephesians 2 the prince, the power of the air? The Bible talks about spiritual wickedness in Ephesians 6 being in in, uh, 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 spiritual wickedness in high places. It's a reference to the second heaven. First heaven is what we have. Second heaven, there is a place beyond the stars and the moon where Satan's domain and throne room is. And all of a sudden, as those angels are carrying you out of this world and you see that blue ball down down there called earth and you're rising into a new domain and you enter into a dark place that feels heavy for just a second, but suddenly the angels will announce, there is a blood-bought child of God coming through. All hell." the power of Jesus' name. Fall, prostrate demon spirits and you'll go right through the devil's bedroom and pause and look over and see him crying and you can say goodbye devil i'll see you hell lost another one i am free i am free i'm going home to be with the lord oh i think we ought to praise the lord for our redemption this morning it's real it's real. They'll escort you right through the devil's bedroom. And when you get there, you're going to have a perfect, disease free, never dying body. The most magnificent body you can fathom. Throw away your Vogue magazines. Those girls and those guys are going to look like a wart on a witch's nose compared to the bodies. Turn to somebody and say, you need this. Come on now. Compared to the bodies that we're going to have when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory. The young people are always worried about getting married before they go to heaven because they want to have sex so bad. (laughs) I remember those days. (laughs) But we're never told... I don't want to get into it, but I just think everything in heaven's going to be heaven. <laughs> so anyhow, let, uh, don't, don't read in between. If it's not written in ink, it's, it's probably going to be better uh, Oh, look y'all looking at me like I'm funny. If, if we've got glorified bodies, OK, all right. We'll have a physical body in heaven. After Jesus rose from the dead, He said, even as I am, so shall you be. What a promise. And then you know what He did? He said in Luke 24, handle me and see. I want want some witnesses that you're going to have a physical body, so look at my hands and look at my feet and handle me. I want you to feel I'm not a spirit, I'm not a ghost. I, you have a physical body, a superhuman physical body. It knows no restraints. You'll rule and reign with me. You're not going to float around like a fat little baby in a diaper holding a, a heart. Who wants to do that? We're going to rule universes and worlds to come kings and priests with our God, rejoicing, again, the total absence of all negativity. And after He rose from the dead, Jesus then asked, do you have any food? We're going to eat. We're going to drink. I'm not a drinker. I'm a teetotaler. I I don't drink alcohol. I don't want to. I don't like it. I don't want it. Don't need it. I'm happy. I'm good without it. It's gross. It tastes bad to me. I just don't like it. But there's something called new wine that we're going to drink in heaven. And if it's good enough for Jesus, I'm going to drink it up there. I'm 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 going to bottoms up. (laughs) We're going to party. (laughs) We're going to get down. We're going to have fun. We're going to laugh. We're going to shout. We're going to be with him and them. You're going to walk up and say, hello, Matthew. Hello, Mark. Hey, Esther, I always wanted to meet you. Hey, Ruth. Hey, Ezekiel. Hey, Elisha. We're going to be with them. And then you're going to get to one person and you're going to say, what are you doing up here? It's going to shock you who makes it to heaven. It's going to be like going to a family reunion. You know how we are at a family reunion? When when you get to a family reunion, there's certain people in the family, you you just love their guts. Oh, hey, 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 hey. And then there's those other people. And I, I really struggled with this. I said, Lord, how... I, 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 saw, I saw a thing the other day in the news where somebody on instagram was playing where jeffrey dahmer uh the serial killer prayed a prayer salvation i'm like i don't want him to get into heaven i don't care if he did pray i I just don't i'm just talking like i like i think i don't get up and preach this but i but i'm doing it now but 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 i think like uh i don't want him in the mansion next door to me but see that's this is the problem this is the problem we forget we're all saved by grace And here's the other problem. The way that we will be able to accept the people that we've had issues with, but they're still saved and they get to heaven, is there's a scripture in Revelation 21 that says this, and God will wipe every tear from their eye and there will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, there should be no more pain. Listen to this. For the former things have passed away. Maybe the next verse too. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write these words, for they are true in their faith. In other words, he's going to wipe out the memory of the negative. And it'll just be, Hey, I love you. You won't have all that trash. What am I going to do when my ex is up there? Hey! Isn't that what I just said? The former things have been wiped away. And He's made all things new. I read this week that the average human eye has the potential to see 100 million colors. The natural eye, the normal eye, can see seven million. First of all, I didn't know there was 100 million colors, nor did I know there were seven million colors. I, I just used the coloring box when I was a kid, and I don't remember that many, but it is a fact, a medical fact. You can check this out. And they said there are some people who have a rare genetic mutation between the colors of red and green, that, to make it simple, just bottom line, is they literally can see a hundred million colors that other people can't see. Colors that we never even dreamed existed. What is heaven going to be like when He lifts the veil they say that you only use a small portion of your brain. I mean, it's just a medical fact. And the, and the medical people can confirm what I'm telling you. We only use a very small corner of our mind our whole lives. And some don't use that. Say amen. <laughs> Teenagers. But wait till the curse is lifted. What are we going to see? How sensitive, how beautiful. What are we going to hear? What are we going to experience? Our Creator has prepared a place for us. And He shall wipe every tear from our eyes. Would you raise your hands in gratitude and appreciation? You know, I just heard a song. It says, you ready? Play. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth We'll grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Everyone stand to your feet at every campus and sing. Oh, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look for. Wonderful face. Oh, and the things of earth will grow strange, strangely then in the light. Just throw your hands up, sing it one more time. Turn your eyes upon Jesus this morning. Oh, turn your eyes. Turn their voices up, please. Oh, turn them on, Jesus. Oh, look for in His mercy. And the things of earth, and the things of earth. Will go straight in the eyes. There is but a step between me and death, and I preach the funerals of fourteen year olds, sixteen year old eighteen year olds who thought they had. 30, 40 years to live and then surrender to Christ. God had me preach this today to comfort those who are brokenhearted and sorrowful and grieving. But secondly, to say to every boy, girl, man, woman under the sound of my voice, you don't have as much time as you think you have. I'm not in any way being... Dramatic here this morning. I'm just simply telling you today is the day of salvation. Every head bowed, every eye closed at every campus, if the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you, where will you spend eternity? Where will you go when you die? It's not enough to be a good person, it's not enough. To go to church every once in a while. It's not enough to even believe in Jesus. The Bible said demons believe and tremble. That does not save them. You must be born again. You must. Pastor, I'm not right with God. I'm not living right. I know I'm not. And I need a change in my life. I want to get right this morning. I want my name written in the Lamb's book of life that is in heaven according to Revelation. There's a book called the book of life, the Lamb's book of life, and your name is in it or it's not. Pray for me. I won't embarrass you. I won't humiliate you, but I got to tell you, if you're ashamed to acknowledge him before men, he said, I'll be ashamed to acknowledge you before my angels in heaven. WHAT YOU DO ON EARTH DETERMINES WHAT HAPPENS IN HEAVEN ON JUDGMENT DAY. PASTOR, PRAY FOR ME. I NEED TO GET RIGHT WITH GOD TODAY. IF THAT'S YOU, BOLDLY LIFT YOUR HAND AT EVERY CAMPUS, RIGHT HERE IN THIS ROOM AND WHEREVER YOU ARE. JUST RAISE THEM HIGH AND UNASHAMED. YES, 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 YES. WONDERFUL, 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 WONDERFUL. YES, YES, YES. ALL THE WAY UP IN THE BALCONY, I SEE YOU, I SEE YOU. RAISE THAT HAND HIGH AND UNASHAMED. Every one of you that slipped your hand up, don't let anything hold you back. Don't let any hesitation grip your heart. Step out of the aisle. Walk down the aisle. Step out of the seat. Walk down the aisle and stand right down here. I want to pray a personal prayer with you. And I want you to point Satan back to this day. And I want you to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. And I'm going all the way. I'm going to... I hear the cloud of witnesses saying run, run, run live for Jesus give up whatever you have to give up take up your cross and follow Jesus this is the best life this is, the, this is life eternal this is eternal life this matters for, for, for millions of years from now you'll be alive somewhere anyone else come, come, come at every campus the pastors are coming but come come every one of you who prayed this prayer this morning jesus heard your cry and on the authority of this book that says if you confess with your heart and believe if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart you shall be saved that is his promise it's that simple take it take it it's not about what you earn or deserve it's a gift take it and you are forgiven you're cleansed. He sees you right now as holy as His Son, Jesus Christ, because you're covered in that blood. You have His DNA. You are forgiven. You are a child of the King. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching by Jensen Franklin, and thank you for your continued support of this ministry your prayers and financial support. Make these programs possible. For more information about this message and other ministry resources, visit us online at jensenfranklin.tv.